Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. You know, most of us read to our kids when they were little. I learned how to read by my parents reading the Kansas City Star to me. I'd sit in their lap and they'd run their finger under what they were reading. And that's how I learned to read before I went to school. And ever since then, I've sort of been a news junkie. I still read the paper from cover to cover. Now, many of us, certainly my age, are at the stage in our lives when we read to our kids or our grandkids. My wife does that now with the shutdown via Zoom. We're grateful for that. The stories that you read to little kids start out well, then there's a big problem, then somebody saves the people in danger, and they end with, they all lived happily ever after. I like that kind of story. You don't find many stories like that in the news, though. Most of us, at the time I'm recording this, hopefully it'll be over by the time you hear this, but most of us have been following the COVID-19 stories around the world, and we're finding out early on that scientists and politicians and news people made some false assumptions based on having false information. You know, they weren't trying to deceive us, I don't think. They just had false information, false paradigms. And we're finding out now it's not nearly as bad as we thought. It's more like the average flu season, maybe a little worse. But a lot of people are still scared living in fear because a lot of leaders are afraid and a lot of broadcast people in the news are broadcasting that fear. I'm not making a political statement here. That's just my observation. So I've actually been digging into the numbers and doing some investigating, and I've just been finding out it's not nearly as bad as we thought it was going to be. I've also been following another worldwide news story that to me actually is very much more scary than COVID-19. There's a despicable man in another country, a, a dictatorial guy, a dictator. It's a kingdom, but it's really a dictatorship. I think the guy's despicable. I won't name him, but you'll be able to figure out who I'm talking about. He's a long-term ruler who rules with an iron fist. He has virtual total power, and he uses it to control people and benefit himself. And the people who are really loyal to him and obedient to him, he favors them. But the rest... They all live in constant fear, and you can see on their faces there's no joy. This guy quickly squelches any dissent or opposition. You're, you're not allowed to ask questions or challenge him. He's had several kids. We're not sure because he's very mysterious, large family. This guy's pretty much always been angry and belligerent against anybody who's not like him. It's his way or the highway. He carries a grudge over the least little thing. Some people aren't even sure that he's still alive. Now, when he had his first child, a boy, that child turned out pretty well, and he was good at a lot of things. Did well, things seemed like he could do no wrong. But none of the other kids could measure up to that first one. And this dad, 
made it clear to them that he wasn't pleased with them. And he always compared them to the oldest. He was very short-tempered with them. I mean, they were scared of him because they knew he killed other people, even some family members. He was short-tempered. It seemed like he was always mad at them. He threatened them off and just didn't like them. He didn't even like to be around them, it seemed like. It seemed like they could do nothing right. And those kids ended up being afraid of their dad all the time, tried their best to please him, but they never were able to. Some of them escaped and just didn't want to be around him. No matter how hard they tried, he always compared them to the oldest boy. In his eyes, they couldn't do anything right. Rumor has it he even killed some of them, but we can't prove it because there's so much mystery around him. Even his own people are not even sure where he's at at any given time. All right, I got way off track there (laughs) following this story. Sorry. Let me recap our last week's discussion, and let me switch to some good news. Last week on the show, we looked at what love is and isn't. Love is all good news. There is no bad news with love, with God. God is love. We were created by love and in love. Love is for us. Love is in us. Love is through us and everybody. God's last name is love, Papa love, Jesus love, Holy Spirit love, and love never fails. Wow. Christ is in us, and we're in Christ, and Christ is love. At Christ is in the world, so are we. We are love. Our last name is love. You are love. Now, this week, I want to talk about the goal of love. The Apostle Paul, who Jesus personally taught in the Arabian Desert for 13 years, that's after Jesus died and went to heaven, he Jesus did that. And this guy, Paul, had been totally and brutally against Jesus. Then Jesus appeared to him and totally changed his life. And Paul wrote this, Galatians 2, 20 to 21. He said, my old identity has been crucified with Christ and no longer lives. The nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for Christ lives his life through me as me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me. And now he dispenses his life into mine. Whoa. He goes on to say, so that's why I don't view God's grace as something minor or peripheral. Now, I want you to see Paul considers that his old life is gone. And because of Christ's self-giving love, Paul has a new life. Christ living his life through and as Paul, living in union as one. That, my friends, is the goal of love, living in union as one. Communion, relationship, oneness in action. John, the apostle of love, said it this way. John 17, 3, he said, this is the life of the ages. This is eternal life that you know, Papa and Jesus. And the word know there in the Greek is an intimate kind of knowing, like as a man knows a woman. The goal of love is union, oneness, and intimacy, not for the future, but for right now, which does last forever. What was lost at what we call the fall was our awareness of union and oneness and our true mindset of God and us and others, our mindset of intimacy. That's what was lost. Let's look at love. Papa love, Jesus love, Holy Spirit love, and the goal of love. In Ephesians three fourteen to 21, Paul says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus. Love. Perfect love. The perfect Father 
He says the father is the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. We are all in his family. We're all in love's family. Now, just as a decide, I just thought of something. A perfect father, a really good father, it's not it's almost the opposite of that despicable uh ruler father. I, I'm sorry, I got off on it again. Verse 16. Paul says, I pray that father love would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Within you right now in your innermost being is union and oneness, the very power of God continually energizing and healing and sustaining you and empowering you. He says, then by constantly using Christ's faith, the faith of Christ, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And get this, the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then he says, you will be empowered by God's power to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive is his love, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. God's love is higher and wider and deeper and longer than we can imagine. He says, this extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Papa love, Jesus love, Holy Spirit love have filled you already to overflowing. You contain, you house in your body, which is the temple of God, extravagant love. He goes on to say, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of these things we're talking about. Boy, that's a much different power than that despicable ruler I've been reading. Ah, sorry, I keep digressing. God will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, infinitely more than your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power, his good power, the power of love constantly energizes you. And he finishes that passage by saying, now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that will yet be manifest, that's us, through time and eternity. Amen. Right? That's part of what Paul said about God's love. I want you to see now what the Apostle Peter said about God's love and grace and power. Second Peter 1. This letter is from Simon Peter, a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to those who have been given a faith as equally precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us his faith. He says, may grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. And that knowledge, again, there is intimate knowledge. He says, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all of this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing intimately, knowing Jesus who has called us by name. Our last name is love and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he's given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power 
of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership and union and oneship and relationship with divine nature. Again, quite a different use of power than that mysterious doll power. I'm sorry. Here's some more about God's love and the goal of God's love, communion, oneship, relationship. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, he's finishing the book there. He says, now may the grace and joyous favor of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus is grace, the unambiguous love of God the Father, Papa Father, Papa Love, and a precious communion that we share in the Holy Spirit be yours continually. See, love, Papa Love, Jesus Love, and grace, Holy Spirit Love, that's all communion and oneship and relationship. He says the unambiguous love of God. Do you know the definition of the word unambiguous? It means not open to more than one interpretation. Paul says the love of God is not open to more than one interpretation. It's perfect. It's unconditional. It's self-giving. It's one way. It's passionate love. All right. Last passage for today. John, the apostle of love, Jesus' best friend here on earth, recorded what Jesus said the night before he died, specifically about the goal of love, union, oneness, relationship, communion. John 17, verses 20 to 26. These are Jesus' words. Now, Jesus is actually praying here, standing up with his eyes open and his hands up to the Father. And he's doing this out loud for a reason, so the apostles can hear him pray and hear what he's saying to Papa Papa love. He says, I ask not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. That's us. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, were joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so the world will recognize that you sent me. Joined together, oneness. He said, the very glory that you've given to me, I've given to them so they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. Jesus' love prayed to Papa love that we would be joined together as one and experience the same unity that the Trinity knows. That's love's goal, experience, us to experience the same unity that the Trinity does. Now, do you think Papa love heard that prayer? Do you think he answered it? Yeah, I think so. He said, Jesus said next, you live fully in me and I now live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity, oneship, relationship, union, and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that, he's saying this to Papa, they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Have you ever heard a a message on that at church or at a Bible study? God the Father, Papa Love, loves each one of us with the same passionate love that he loves Jesus. Do you believe that? I hope so. Then he says, Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me. And he said earlier that Jesus said, Father, had given everyone to him. I pray that you will allow everyone that you've given to me to be with me where I am. That's oneness, relationship, union, living as one. He said, then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you placed upon me because you have loved me before the beginning of time. God the Father loves us just like he loves Jesus. Same amount, same way, and the same time since before the beginning of time. He says, you are my righteous father, but the unbelieving world 
Now, we're going to come back to that phrase, so let it stick in your mind. The unbelieving world has never known you in a perfect way that I know you. He says, all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are, and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them even as I live in them. That is the goal of love. That's God's goal. Those are the last words Jesus said to his disciples in what we call the Last Supper discourse the night before he died. He's summarizing the goal of God, the goal of Papa love, Jesus love, and the Holy Spirit. Their goal for us is, this is what they're all about, is for us to experience the same endless love that God has for Jesus. He says, his love now lives in us, even as Jesus lives in us. Love's goal is union, oneship, relationship, for all of us to experience their endless love, which lives in us. And they are all powerful. They have made that happen. You and I have been included in all of that as their love gift. Whoa. Now, I encourage you to meditate on that. Pray about it. Ask Papa love, Jesus love, and Holy Spirit love if it's really true. Oh, yeah. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the sin of the world, unbelief in the only true God, unbelief in this world? That's not believing that Jesus' Father and the Holy Spirit are all good are all love, are all inclusive, are all accepting, and instead believing in a fictitious small g, God, who is distant, only loves a few people, is list-keeping, punitive, angry, full of wrath. Now, many of you have figured out by now that when I claimed to be distracted earlier, I wasn't distracted. Many of you thought that I was talking about the North Korean dictator, Kim Jong-il or however that's however his name is pronounced it. No, I said all of that for a very important purpose. There is, not that story, but there is an actual news story that is continually reported by an unbelieving religious world. And that continual story keeps getting reported every Sunday and in Bible studies and small groups all over the world. That story says God is a despicable ruler who rules with an iron fist, and he has total power, and he may sometimes use it for good, but mainly he uses it to control people and benefit himself. That fake news story says that the people who are really loyal and obedient to him, God favors, but the rest should live in constant fear. He quickly, this story says, that God, small g God, quickly squelches any dissent or opposition. No questions are allowed. That story says he's had several kids, a very large family. And his first son is perfect, but nobody else has ever measured up. He might love some people sometimes, but his love is very conditional because he really can't stand to be around you. That false view of God says he's pretty much always been angry and belligerent. It's his way or the highway. He carries a grudge over the least little thing. He keeps a list of every single thing we've ever done wrong. Now, some people who are repulsed by that version of God, like I am, I have nothing to do with that God. I don't believe in that God. 
Some people who are repulsed by that version of God, like me, have deserted religion. And some of them aren't even sure he's still alive. They say God is dead. Well, you know what? That false version of God is dead. It never was alive. Religion tells us that their version of small g God, his first child, a boy that turned out really well, he was good at everything. He could do nothing wrong. But none of the other kids could measure up to the first one. And that fictitious God has made it clear to him. He's not pleased with them. He always compared them to the oldest. He's very short-tempered with them. Seems like he's always mad at them, threatens them off, and just doesn't like them, can't stand to be around them. It seemed like we could do nothing right. Those kids up being a those kids ended up being afraid of their dad all the time. The fear of that God is the beginning of wisdom. And they tried their best to please him, but they were never able to. No matter how, how hard they tried, there was only fear, no joy. He always compared them to the oldest boy. In his eyes, they couldn't do anything right. The Hebrew scripture says he even killed some of them. It even says that one time in the, in the New Testament. Even his, it doesn't say that, but we've interpreted it that way. Even his own are never quite sure where he is at given any given time. That fake story says he's out there, he's up there. Now, like the children's books, the real story about the real God starts out well, then there is a big problem, unbelief, and then someone saves us, and we do all live happily ever after. The fake story says most people don't live happily ever after. The real story says we all live happily ever after. See, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, not those who were lost, that which was lost. What was lost was our true mindset and our true perspective of Papa love, Jesus love, and Holy Spirit love. And now he's continually in the business of revealing. As Jesus said the night before he died, I will continue to reveal him. He's in the business of revealing the truth to us about the God of love. And in the process, he's revealing that fake story about the fictitious, abhorrent, small-g God. He's revealing that's a lie that only exists in our minds, and he has overcome that lie. The really good news is that we all do live happily ever after. He has overcome that lie, defeated it, killed it. It has no power over us. God's power, unconditional love power, empowers us and because of all of that, God's love is being revealed to more and more people every day, and we all have the joyous privilege of partnering with everyone to tell them the really good news that God loves them and always has loves them and always will, and they will all live happily ever after. And as my friend Malcolm Smith says, that's the way it is. Hey, Thanks, everybody, for listening. I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.